Welcome. You've joined the Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Our show is here to help you achieve better, better love, better sex, and a better, more intimate relationship. Are you ready? Take notes and send us your questions. This is the Sexy Lifestyle. Now, here are your hosts, Carol and David. Hi, everyone. I'm Carol. And I'm David. Are you ready to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny? Well, you've come to the right place because that's what the sexy lifestyle is all about. And David and I are passionate about making your sex life the best it can be. We sure are. And you know we love talking about sex and sexuality, sexual pleasure, communication, consent, respect, and of course those amazing relationships. And we hope our discussions open up your dialogue about great sex because... Well, great sex matters, and we all deserve it. So, is something not quite right in your relationship or in your sex life, and you can't seem to pinpoint the issue, perhaps you're feeling distant from your partner, like something or someone is in between you. Well, on today's show, we're going to be talking about the most common issue that's sucking the intimacy out of your relationship. You may be surprised by the simple solution, and even if you're not ready to make this change, just remember, it's for your own good. Sure is. But, you know, before we get into our show, we want to remind everyone that we're going to be at Nadia Norleans, July 24th to 28th, 2019. Nadia Norleans is the largest lifestyle convention in the world for couples with over 1,300 of the sexiest people in the world. The event takes over two of the French Quarter's biggest hotels. And, of course, we party and have an amazing time on the world-renowned Bourbon Street as well. So check out the sexylifestyle.com and the business pages, travel and events tab for more information on how to book your tickets for this crazy fun entertaining and informative annual event in the heart of the french quarters of nolens you won't want to miss it absolutely not so this is the sexy lifestyle we are carol and david and we are so excited to introduce our amazing guest today Dr. Megan Fleming is a world-renowned speaker and clinician specializing in sex and relationships who's been practicing sex therapy and marriage counseling in New York City for over 15 years. So Megan, Dr. Megan Fleming has been on our show a few times, so uh, we don't need to make a big introduction. Megan, welcome to The Sexy Lifestyle. Oh my gosh, Carol, David, I'm always thrilled to be here with you. Yay. We've had some amazing discussions about sex and intimacy, and we're thrilled to continue this topic today because sex and intimacy is like the glue in a relationship that holds everything together. So just to give us a a quick brief background on you, let's hear about why you're so passionate about sex and relationships. Um, You know... I think it's in part, you know, because we all want to sort of live that best life. But, I, you know, it's also true that we're wired from, uh, for connection, right, from the cradle to the grave. And I think that a big aspect of connection, especially in adulthood, is, you know, the capacity to be embodied and feel pleasure and our sexuality, which I think is about our aliveness and our vitality, which I think is a huge part of, you know, living our best life and having relationships that we love. Mm-hmm. And so I think that a lot of people don't know how to... Um, you know, nobody educates us about relationships. That's the biggest teaching point, right? Which is, it's a skill and we don't learn it. And, you know, we all tend to consciously or unconsciously sort of hand down systemically patterns from, you know, our parents or grandparents that we're not even always aware of. And so I just see, I'm passionate about it because it's like, I really want people to free themselves from any history, any trauma, any, you know, family, um, generational traumas, right? I think that to live your best life, you have to um, create those relationships you love because they really help you to thrive. Absolutely. And we're going to get into later on in the show, actually, the majority of the show is all going to be about balance and how to balance your sex life, your work life, your family life, your relationship life, and and bring it all together. And and what are some of the obstacles that are, uh, you know, getting in the way? Um, But before we go on, how about if we shout out to one of our good friends, August McLaughlin, um, who just put out the Girl Boner Journal. We just did a whole show with her probably three weeks ago. And um, Megan, I think you have a special relationship with um, uh, August as well. Yes, I mean, August, anybody who's met her or listened to her, of course, just loves her and her work. Um, 
in terms of empowering women uh, and men, right, about uh, their sexuality. So anyway, each week I answer questions. Um, it's sort of the segment Ask Dr. Megan. So anybody listening, if you have a sex or relationship question that you'd like me to answer on Girl Boner, um, go to Girl Boner and submit your question because we'd love to hear from you. Yay, that's so much fun. So before we get into what is sucking out the intimacy in our relationship, let's talk first about what makes a great relationship. Well, of course, other than loving each other, there's lots of ways that relationships are successful. Absolutely. Um, and I think it's to, you know, I think when what, what, we're at this point, though, what makes a relationship relationship successful is to recognize it's very personally defined, right? That I really believe in this idea or concept, we are all our own expert. So I can talk about general common qualities or things that show up in research that lead to happy couples and successful relationships. But I also want to say when, if any aspect of that doesn't fit for anyone, it doesn't mean that there's something normative, right? It really is about what, what, normative or feels right for you. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And one of the main um, uh, things that we want to talk about today is about that open and honest communication. Absolutely. Because I think that, you know, going back to relationship skills, so many people I see are conflict averse. And, you know, difficult conversations don't necessarily have to be conflictual ones or lead to, you know, really big emotions, which I think a lot of people are uncomfortable with. So, you know, I think about you know, open, honest communication is just, it's creating the emotional safety in your relationship um, because it, it, you know, inspires the loyalty, the trust, the I've got your back. And um, it's in a sense very foundational to that happy, healthy relationship. And when you can talk to each other on a regular basis every day, and you don't have to say, hey, uh, I've got an issue, let's sit down and talk about it. And every time you put your hand up and you have a problem, then it's, oh my God, that wall comes up. If it's on an everyday basis, and you're used to talking about issues, and whether you call them conflicts or not, just getting it out there, that's what makes it a lot easier when you can, when you can just say what's on your mind. Absolutely. I mean, the big piece I talk to clients about around that is like when you're not having the conversation, it's inertia, right? It literally takes more energy to have it versus when it's constant, it's momentum. And it's, as you're saying, so much easier to have. And yeah, that is such an important, again, skill for people to have is just the recognition of the value of bringing up these things all the time. You're just checking in with one another and how are things going? And wow, what's something that you're excited about? Or, you know, you want to explore, discover together. Yeah, we had a guest on a couple weeks ago who said that they, um, she suggested that a couple would have a regular set date, let's just say every Friday afternoon, that you're going to be checking in with each other uh, emotionally, what's going on, how are you feeling, do you have any issues, and you don't have to put your hand up and say, hey, I've got a big problem, because you know that every Friday afternoon, uh, we're just going to be chatting about everything and checking in and sharing those emotional challenges that we've had this week and set up for the weekend, and I, I think that's a great idea. Absolutely. And it's interesting. What I thought you were going to say is the thing that I often say to couples, you know, she set it up for the conversation, which is as important as the part which I'm going to say, which is, you know, people don't like to schedule sex either. And I sort of say, set up a regular sexy time, meaning I don't know, and you don't know how you're going to feel until you're in that moment. So there's no pressure, nothing needs to happen. But you're in that place of open and receptive, which we all know is another pathway to, you know, desire through arousal. And so, um, I think the idea of having both time, whatever day it is for you to have these conversations in a regular way, and then another time just to prioritize your sexy time because life gets so busy, and if you don't schedule it, which I know for many people isn't sexy, the idea of that, but the reality is oftentimes you won't have that time. Yeah, and absolutely, and you know that you have to respect and um, you know value your partner, so even though you're, even when you're saying that you don't have to have sex, it's your sexy time, you're just kind of putting time aside for you to spend time and have valuable time together with your partner and respect whatever it is that they feel like doing as well as yourself. Absolutely. I mean, it sort of taps into what I call the platinum rule, you know, usually the expression is do unto others as you'd like done unto yourself, so it's not just doing what you want to do, right? The platinum rule is due unto others as they would like done unto them. So mm-hmm. this is part of love languages and all of that, right? Mm-hmm. Which we're, we're mindfully thinking about not just ourselves and our needs and what would feel good to us, right? But even sometimes it may feel a stretch. It may not be the thing we first want to do, but we absolutely know what it helps our partner to feel. And that, that like, feels good to us. 
And you touched on it earlier about the trust and that feeling safe with each other. And when you have that respect and when you value your partner, all of those things go hand in hand that then they feeling trusted and they're feeling safe. Uh, and then you can share a whole lot more. You know, I really think that the foundation of a healthy relationship and a happy relationship is relationship safety because that's what makes the vulnerability possible. That's what makes, you know, in my mind, you know, we all get to define the nature of our relationships, but for me and a monogamous committed one, you know, I, my, my marriage of 19 years on the 20th is, um, it's like the safety net and therefore it allows me and us to go to uncomfortable places that create some anxiety because excitement and anxiety are kind of related in the nervous system, but really it's an opportunity to go out of our comfort zone and, you know, growth is always in the discomfort to really just sort of explore and live life fully and have that sense of aliveness, which I think is really important. Yeah, and I think it stems from safety. You can't go there without safety. Yeah, absolutely. And most of the things that we talk about on this show is assuming that the relationship is in a safe mode, uh, especially when we're talking about pushing boundaries and expanding uh, our ideas together, that in general, we're talking about a couple who are in a safe place and that they can actually share these things. Absolutely. Because I think you actually brought up an important thing for me, which is, you know, when you're pushing boundaries or, you know, venturing um, to your point that it's, it's mutual, and it's not uncommon, right, that one partner might initiate that conversation, but it's to sort of take the temperature in the relationship and, and recognize that, you know, you're only going to go to a certain level when and if it works for both of you, and also what I often say is when you're exploring something new, you start with putting a toe in the water, you don't mm-hmm. jump into the deep end, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, that that just gives everybody a little bit of uncomfortness, like you feel a little bit more. And then you say, okay, do we want to go there or not? And you're not like obliged to just dive in unless you want to. If that's what you want to do, that's okay, too. Absolutely. Like I said, everybody's their own expert and decides what what is their best relationship, right? Their happiest relationship. And I think relationships thrive when there is that sense of adventure and, you know, you have that will to explore new things about each other. And so doing those kind of things, assuming you're in a safe relationship, is certainly what's going to grow your relationship and make it even stronger. Absolutely. I mean, like I said, growth is always in the discomfort. Um, <laughs> and there's many different ways of feeling discomfort. And again, discomfort's not the same thing as like, you know, anything that feels like a red light, you know, that's a big stop sign. So, you know, don't be counterphobic and jump in the deep end, you know. It's it just, you know, push your edges a little bit. That's why they say often, you know, the elderly, they're so rigid, right? Yeah. It's just because we all do what feels safe. And, and as you get older and, you know, in some ways feel more fragile physically and otherwise, you, you really double down on the safety. And so, you know, if you don't push some boundaries, your world's going to get really small. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I mean, we're going over all the things that are great for, uh, for a successful relationship before we move on to what's like, you know, bringing the issues into those relationships. So I guess the last thing that we should cover before we move on is that balance that we have to have between work and family and our sex lives. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, I think it's a Buddhist um, so since everything's in the moderation and, you know, in, in order to have it all, you have to make sure if it's a, you know, think of it as a pie that there's, you know, there's a percentage in a slice for everything that is a core value important in your life. Um, and so often sometimes, you know, with work, it could be, say, you're an accountant, you know, around August 15th, you know, there's probably a shared understanding that it's going to be way heavier on the work, you know, aspect or quadrant, but that, you know, over... 365 days a year, there's a general sense of balance so that everything that is important to you is a priority and you're spending quality time doing. And even if, like you said, you have to schedule sex, just do it, right? Otherwise, it just doesn't happen if you're so, so, so busy. Yeah, I mean, I see that a lot and maybe it'll come up later about, you know, relationships and balance, but that, you know, people are often so exhausted and so tired you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, sex isn't really coming up for them. (laughs) And, you know, that's a real tragedy in my mind, because as you said earlier, it's kind of the glue. Yeah. Absolutely. The sex and intimacy is the glue that holds it all together, in, in my view. Um, you're well, the, we say all the time relationships begin and end in the bedroom. Right. And yeah, that's why it's so important what happens between the sheets, because it is definitely um, a big aspect of your relationship. I, I guess, is this a good segue to uh, take a break? 
and we'll move on to our issues and talk about how we're going to fix that up. And uh, oh, just let's remind everybody that we're talking to sex therapist, Dr. Megan Fleming, all about relationships. And when we come back, we're going to find out the biggest issue that's straining our relationships today. This is Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David, and we'll be right back after this. Maximize your orgasms and just let go. The Throes of Passion Waterproof Pleasure Blanket guarantees to keep your sheets dry, no matter how wet it gets. From massage oils to lubes and beyond, we've got your bed covered. So just throw it down and get it on and get lost in your very own Throes of Passion. Then toss it aside and bask in the afterglow of great sex in warm, dry sheets. The all-new Naked Fleece provides a soft and sexy playscape, while the Stay Dry Barrier protects your bed, your couch, and even your carpet. It's machine washable, large enough to cover a king-size bed, and light enough to travel discreetly. To get your own Throes of Passion waterproof pleasure blanket, visit thesexylifestyle.com and order yours today. That's thesexylifestyle.com. Great sex starts now. You are listening to The Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Got a burning question or comment about today's show? Send an email to ask at carolanddavid.com and we just might be answering your question next. Now back to this week's show. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David and today we're talking with sex therapist Dr. Megan Fleming all about successful relationship practices and now we're going to get into what we think is one of the biggest issues that's interfering with intimacy and stopping people from having great sex today. So digital media is not going anywhere. It's getting bigger and bigger and will continue to consume us as we continue to consume everything from Instagram and Twitter posts to blogs and podcasts to binge watching on Netflix. And YouTube. Oh yeah, for sure. So Dr. Megan, let's talk about that article that you posted some notes about on, of course, on social media, uh, which is... um, It was in the Wall Street Journal. Oh yeah, it was in the Wall Street Journal and the title was, Let's Watch Netflix, Three Words Guaranteed to Kill Romantic Mood. Yeah, I mean, if you saw in the article, one of the interesting thing is, and they're sort of blaming Netflix for um, the decrease in fertility rates, um, <laughs> which is interesting, and that, you know, in general, sex is going down. Um, and so, you know, I think that whole idea of Netflix and chill, you know, it's a sense of, it used to be synonymous with let's have sex, but, you know, what's become for most people is let's just chill with Netflix. <laughs> and... You know, I think that it's just part of our lifestyle. You know, often, you know, I sort of grew up, I think, in the first generation where women were working, but nowadays often both men and women are working, often full-time, raising kids, not a lot of community. We're all pretty exhausted. And, you know, the, you know, sort of, if you think about conditions for sex, the foundation is rested and relaxed. And so, you know, it makes sense to me. We're trying to decompress after a long day, and we're exhausted, and you just kind of would rather watching Netflix because you don't have the energy for much less. Yeah, and a couple of our yeah, exactly. Some of our younger friends who do have younger kids, they you know they do their homework, they put them to bed, and half of our friends fall asleep, you know, with the kid or whatever, um, until the next morning. Like they're not even spending time with their spouse. They end up falling asleep and not even getting to the Netflix, except on the weekends. And then there's those who sit down and binge watch seven episodes, and they're like totally out of balance. You know, you could have a nice romantic evening and blend it together, but instead you're watching, you know, 12 episodes of Shameless. <laughs> Which, I must say, I do like that show. But, um, it's a great show. <laughs> yeah. I think that, well, and it's an interesting thing I've heard clients say, you know, that show actually I think is made to make people feel better about their lives. <laughs> yeah. It's an interesting observation. Um, and you know what? Maybe that's part of it too. You know, people, first of all, they want to be entertained. Maybe they want to feel better about their lives. And, you know, another piece that we haven't touched upon, but I think is also important, sometimes, again, it's because of exhaustion and decompressing, and sometimes it's actually a way of avoiding your partner. Well, um, yeah. From a MAGO, a couple therapy perspective, we call that an exit. When energetically, it's like you 
you really want to get need met outside of your relationship than in your relationship. Well, a few years ago when, you know, when we kind of got into Netflix, you know, we, we've had it there. We had it there for the kids for the longest time. But then David and I kind of discovered there are some cool shows. Let's, you know, get into bed and watch Netflix and chill, like you said. And we ended up having less sex. And we purposely said, you know, let's have sex first and then turn on the show. And that way, if David falls asleep first, which usually happens, um, it's no problem. So we actually changed our, our whole rhythm so that we could have the sex and enjoy Netflix at the same time. Brilliant. Mm-hmm. That's often why I say to people, have sex before dinner. You yep. know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> Especially if they're like a couple that doesn't yet have kids. I mean, because obviously you have to think about all those things. But um, yeah, people are often so exhausted, even if they're well-intended and even have a, a, you know the desire on board, you know, the exhaustion sort of takes over. I think we should have sex before everything. <laughs> that's you know, it. That's you it. just threw me under the bus that I fall asleep before you know uh, anything ever y- happens. No, you fall asleep before me is all I said. But I also wake up before you yes. in the morning. Yes, yes, absolutely. That's why late morning and mid-afternoon sex is, is our best time. Yeah, it is perfect for us. I love our afternoon, Nookie. For sure, for sure. All right, but I'd also have to chime in there and say when you said... I, we should have sex before everything. We just, we're talking about moderation. <laughs> so, you know. What's that, what's that word? Get back he, to the yeah, no. He, he, says, he no. says it, but, you know, it doesn't, I mean, that's not really what he means. He would like, he, if you I plan know. to have sex before three things, he would be good with that too. I couldn't stay hard that many times. <laughs> I'd be happy with once a day. Yeah, for sure. Uh, once a day. Yeah, that's not happening either, but that's all good. So this uh, article with the uh, Wall Street Journal is you think relevant today that people are really, that the whole sex, um, what did it say exactly? The number of times people are having sex is going down, that this generation is having less sex than the previous generation, and it's all because of Netflix and binge watching? Well, no, no, no. I mean, I think, hopefully I said, it's one of the, it's definitely multi-determined, but the point is, it's that energetically, right, people are coming home, you know, work, children, whatever it might be, and probably they're exhausted and their first go-to is something that feels like, you know, they often say on the plane, put the oxygen mask on yourself mm-hmm. before your child. Mm-hmm. You know, I think when you're feeling so uh, running on empty and sometimes in a state of overwhelm, even though you love sex and you love your partner and your sexual person, I think the reality is that, you know, we're mammals at the end of the day. And um, if we're overextended and we don't put that oxygen mask on and figure out how to decompress first, you know, we don't have the energy to give. That being said, you know, is it Netflix? Is it the internet? Is it work? You know, you just, you have to take a little time to decompress. And ideally I'd try to say, can you do that before you come home, before you cross the threshold? Could you listen to some music, take a walk around the block, you know, whatever it might be for you. But ideally, can you do some of that self-care before you cross the threshold um, so that I think from that place, sex is more likely to happen. But I think most people don't even think about it before they cross the threshold. And then they sort of do their own thing for a while. And it just leads to bad habits. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely a habit because looking at your phone, uh, whether you're looking at um, social media or did someone email me, is uh, have I got any text there? Uh, what's going to be, what am I planning for tonight? Or is there any video streaming on, on YouTube? Whatever it is, the go-to thing is to bend your head and look at your phone and you're like disconnecting from everything around you. And that's just the go-to habit for everybody, whether you're at the bus stop, whether you're at work, or whether you're at the shopping center and waiting in line, everybody turns to their phone, looks down towards the ground, and disconnects from what's going on around them. So, so Megan, when you're working with couples or people who are having issues in their relationships, do you suggest that they keep tech and electronics out of the bedroom and it sort of like forces them to talk to each other? Yes, I mean, what I typically say is... And- Everybody's different, and, you know, some people are really high use of tech and others not so much. Um, and, again, one of the things you're observing in a relationship is what what your norm was, all of a sudden does it start to change, right, where it becomes more excessive because that becomes a warning sign or flag, something's going on. It could be stressful, whatever it might be. But if, if the behavior changes dramatically, you know, that should raise your consciousness. But um, sort of coming back, it's just that, you know, for some people I just sort of say, do you... I mean, in an ideal world, in my mind, your bedroom doesn't have a TV or your iPad. It's just your bed. It's for sleep and for sex. <laughs> That's my idea around it. Um, because they even shows, even with TVs, right, people have less sex. But, you know, for some couples, it's just like maybe it's Wednesdays and Fridays. 
it's unplugged time. For some people, it may look like, you know, the hour or two before bed is unplugged. You know, really trying to, wherever you are now, you want to decrease it, maybe first pass at 10 or 20%, and then, you know, what paint the picture of your ideal. What, how do you want tech to be in your lives and your relationship? What feels like a healthy balance, and what does that look like? And then sort of creating the habits and, and a plan to manifest that. And what about those couples who are having amazing sex and she comes and he comes, they roll over and both of them, the first thing they do is look at their phones. <laughs> We've heard there's, there's actual data. Is that data. healthy or <laughs> bad? I'm like, I, I'm like, wow. I mean, I hear a lot. I live in New York City and I've actually been present 20 years and um, I've never heard that. <laughs> and I hear a lot about phones and complaints and devices. So... First of all, I imagine if it looks like that, it started with one of them doing it, and then the other's like, right. well, you are, I am. Uh-huh. But I don't know. It just seems odd that how that looked that way in the first place would be my first curiosity and question. Uh-huh. Um, and again, it's just sort of like, wow, you know, whether or not you snuggle still, because again, orgasm is often prolactin release, and, you know, that's why we have the stereotypical idea, right, that men just roll over. But, you know, the reality is there is physiologically a reason to be more exhausted. So more often, I'm, that's what I would expect. Um, looking at devices, I don't know. I, personally, I feel like that's an insult. I, yeah, I, I saw a survey that it said something like 20% of people actually check their phone during sex. And I don't know if it's true or not. I don't even no. remember the source of it. So, I yes, that was like last year we saw that, right? And we said, what? That's just crazy. Who would have sex with somebody who's watching their phone <laughs> while having sex? Imagine. I have a hard enough time when you yawn during sex. <laughs> oh, well, if I'm relaxed and I've already come, then, you know, that's like your fault. You made me nice and relaxed. So, you know, that's how I look at it. I can't help it. <laughs> I can only say I'm like it's sitting here. You can't see me, but my mouth is dropped because <laughs> I remember once we were the friends of ours at a restaurant, and next to us was a couple that you know looked like they were on a date, and the entire time he was watching a game on his device. Wow! And this is a high-end, very nice restaurant, wow. and we're all just like. How could she tolerate that? Like, maybe it's not a date. Maybe it's a sister. You know, like, how does that make sense? You know, I remember. Um, but you know what? Every lid's got a pot. So you know, yeah. If it's working for you, it works for you. But yeah. I don't know how many people it would work for. I know that uh, recently we went to a restaurant and I just looked around and it was, a, again, a very nice restaurant. I looked around and the table beside us, there was a family of the mother, father, and I think two or three children um, who were privileged to be at this beautiful place. And all five of them were on their phone. All of them. I said, no. yeah. And they're like, can you not even talk to your children? I'm sure you haven't seen them all day long. You know what I mean? It's like, what? Oh, anyways. So well, I, I, it's the electronic babysitter. So that's a whole other show. We yeah. can talk about that um, and the impact it has on relationships. Absolutely. And I, I want to get back into this balance thing because we're talking about stuff. And, and, and is, is this digital media and electronic devices, is it becoming sort of like an addiction where we can't get away from it and it's keeping us like so out of balance? Well, again, I think it, for some people, again, you know, in, a, in my world, it's just like there's not sex addiction. It's not in the DSM, which is how we diagnose. It's out-of-control sexual behavior. And so, you know, I don't know that it's phone addiction, but I would say it's out-of-control, you know, social media use or being online or connected. Um, and, you know, one of the big hallmarks of anything that's out-of-control is, is it causing harm? You know, harm to yourself, harm to your relationships. And I think for some people, their use is, is causing harm. Yeah, absolutely. And I and I was actually had a thought earlier when you were talking, and I, I, I wanted to bring it up again. So here it is. It's kind of out of context at the moment. But um, when we were talking about putting time aside to, to check in with each other, and let's just say I put time aside and it's Friday afternoon, I say, hey, babe, you know, I've noticed that you've been checking your phone a whole lot, like you were saying, but maybe, you know, there's some change in activity. Wouldn't it be great if we could have like uh, Wednesdays and Fridays where we put our phone away, we sit and we relax, we talk to each other and spend time and then perhaps we can have sex afterwards and you know sure enough he says yeah of course yeah 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 but then when you get there uh and then he's checking his phone again and i go babe didn't we decide that you know on wednesday we're gonna put the phone away and now i sound like a nag like you know what happens when one agrees and wants to change and the other one doesn't well but i think as you say that that is part of the conversation which is because it then would become part of a pattern 
And so when, you know, the partners say, yeah, that seems like a good idea, you could say, I totally understand that you're all on board and you'd love it to look that way. But I've just noticed that often then on Wednesday, you're, you're not somehow putting in your calendar or remembering and the phone keeps coming out. And I don't think it's sexy or feels good to either of us if I'm reminding. I don't want to be in that role. You don't like me being in that role. Right? So how can we find a solution? You know, what are ways you could prompt yourself to remind yourself? You know, really collaborate on what you think would be a better thing to pivot and try next. Yeah. As you're trying to figure out ultimately what, what the most helpful. Right. Is, isn't that going to be a similar discussion for those people like us who have a TV in their room and, you know, you're coming upstairs and instead of thinking about what you're doing together, one of you is thinking about, well, oh, what, what can I watch on TV? How does the other person, you know, have that discussion and bring it up? Is it the same thing? Okay, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you do this and Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, we'll do something else? I mean, as you say, it's like, I'm all about, and I think it was Einstein, I forget who said it, but life's about experience, experiments and the more you make, the better. So try on different models and see what works best for you and just keep try try again you know it's like be collaborative in it and just think out of the box yeah and i agree and even if you have sexy time that's a half an hour it's better than not because it certainly doesn't have to last two hours um, if you're busy and tired and we all understand that during the week especially when you want to wake up you're going to be up at six o'clock in the morning it doesn't even have to be that long a time as long as you make that intimate connection with your partner before falling asleep at least a few times a night uh, a week i should say absolutely and again i think Listen, there's something to always be said about the quickie, and because people don't always have the energy. Um, but there's also something to be said about not even that, right, which is in terms of the intimacy piece, you know, we know that when you hug for 30 seconds, that releases oxytocin. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as I say that, unless you're gazing in the eyes of a baby or really enjoying your partner, chances are for most people, 30 seconds feels like a long time. Uh-huh. But again, I think that just shows us how far away we are from the intimacy because, you know, it's not often hard to gaze that long at a baby, right? Because you're not having, you know, protective, reactive, defensive, right. you know, things that often come up in your relationship, right, that gets in the way of your being able to hold that space and, you know, that intensity and that closeness. I mean, because that's true intimacy, that eye gaze, that holding. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and kissing, I mean, I know, for example, sometimes we have a quickie because that's all the time we have for, and then we say, shit, we didn't even kiss? What? And when, then we stop. You know, we've already fucked. We've already been there. We've both come, and, and we forgot to kiss. You know, we said, okay, we got to do that now before we move on and do the next thing. And it happens. You know, That's the most important part was the kissing part. And, you know, we didn't get there. That's kind of happens sometimes. Yeah, I mean, what I love about what you're saying is, that everything happens and life happens and and this goes back to your vision and checking in with each other and where are we and are we on track and you know having the flexibility because you know when stress or certain life events happen you know you're you're it may be a week or two weeks even that you don't have sex or you know you might not get to kiss or you know it's always just checking in to understand the why and are we on track you know and that in general is always trending in the right direction Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. And I know that discussion with David always goes like this. Honey, are you having enough sex? Well, no. Uh, would you like some more sex? Well, yes. <laughs> and that's kind of the check-in that we do all the time, right, babe? We have that discussion? <laughs> I don't think so. I think you always want more sex than whatever it is that we're having, you want more. Right. I, we don't need to discuss it. You know how I feel. <laughs> I, know. I know how you feel. Exactly. And we, we've spent the last 13 years trying to find that happy medium, which we haven't found yet. No, we're always working on it. That's But you uh, know what's the cool part? Our sex drive, my sex drive has gotten stronger, has gotten stronger and stronger since I turned 50. And unfortunately, yours has gotten a little the other way. And we have to work hard at finding that happy balance. We absolutely do. And it happens. That's a natural progression um, after menopause. It is one of the natural things, but there are ways to keep it spicy. And that's kind of what we do for a living. We make sure that we keep our sex life spicy. Yeah, but I guess you're also pointing to some really major things like big life changes, like menopause. Um, and that, first of all, I was just at the select, uh, the STAR conference, which is um, was in Toronto, which is a Society for Sex Therapy and Research. And one of the things they were pointing to was data from the, you know, which raised a lot of concern about um, 
hormone replacement therapy and the role of estrogen and how it can potentially affect, you know, increase in cancer and, uh, you know, heart disease and things like this. And so I think for understandable reasons, many women have been very hesitant to even look into that option. Um, and what they were saying is some of these um, small, local, like topical. So anything that's topical, you know, when you take a pill in your mouth, it's systemic. It goes through your entire body, right? When it's local, they were saying it's, or 10% of what one pill would be taking it by in your mouth, right? And so um, I don't remember the specifics of the research and obviously could look into following up on that. But I think people should talk to their uh, OBGYN and providers because I think there is really new options available um, because, you know, the role of estrogen in terms of having comfortable sex and not having vaginal pain, you know, there's many different aspects that... Um, certainly can contribute to this desire discrepancy that can happen, you know, yeah, later, around this time yeah, of life. Exactly. And of course, we want to make sure that um, it doesn't interfere. So in fact, that's kind of where we're at at the moment. I've just been talking with my uh, my gynecologist about this. So let's Maybe we have some news coming up. We'll figure it out, and then we can talk to people about what I tried and and see how that works first before we talk about it. But yes, absolutely. I would love to get my libido back to where it was before I had menopause, if it's possible and safe and everything else. So that's definitely one of my goals. And that could be a whole other show. We can talk about that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. How about if we take another break right now? Um, we've had been having a great discussion with Dr. Megan Flaming all about um, consumption of digital media and how it has been affecting our sex lives. Apparently, young people today are having less and less sex because they're spending more and more time with their devices. Uh, when we come back, we're going to do a little bit of myth busting all about intimacy. So don't go away. We'll be right back after this. Maximize your orgasms and just let go. The Throes of Passion Waterproof Pleasure Blanket guarantees to keep your sheets dry, no matter how wet it gets. From massage oils to lubes and beyond, we've got your bed covered. So just throw it down and get it on and get lost in your very own Throes of Passion. Then toss it aside and bask in the afterglow of great sex in warm, dry sheets. The all-new Naked Fleece provides a soft and sexy playscape, while the Stay Dry Barrier protects your bed, your couch, and even your carpet. It's machine washable, large enough to cover a king-size bed, and light enough to travel discreetly. To get your own Throes of Passion waterproof pleasure blanket, visit thesexylifestyle.com and order yours today. That's thesexylifestyle.com. Great sex starts now. You are listening to The Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Got a burning question or comment about today's show? Send an email to ask at carolanddavid.com and we just might be answering your question next. Now back to this week's show. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David having an amazing discussion with one of our good friends, sex therapist and intimacy expert, Dr. Megan Fleming. And now we're going to do a little bit of myth busting, which is going to be all about intimacy and connection. And each show, we invite our sexpert guests to bust a few sexy fun myths that helps us filter through some of that misinformation that we find out there on the internet, especially when it comes to the topics relating to sex, sexuality and relationships. So, babe, do you want to get started with the first one? No, you guys are having a good show. I'm, 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 I'm enjoying listening <laughs> okay, to you. Okay, you're listening. I see <laughs> yeah, that. I am. Okay, a myth or truth and why. Here it is. Intimacy is only about feelings. Dun, dun, dun. Yes. <laughs> um, because as we were talking about, and, you know, it's a physical intimacy as well as sort of the emotional uh, feeling that being said, even the physical are feelings in the body, so it's a little esoteric, and you know maybe it's on the borderline between myth and true, right? Because feelings is what the experience is in the body, and so you know at the end of the day, that's a big part of it for sure. 
I know when I when I look up intimacy on the internet and I think about um, you know guys don't want to get into their feelings and I'll explain this and there's oh she's talking about intimacy again just being close like guys just just take a minute and be close with your partner and don't worry about what you're feeling at the time just know that it is good for you right that's the whole idea and girls you too because you know I'm the romantic in this relationship <laughs> and I have to remind Carol that I like intimacy and she should take time and put her head on my shoulder we did a good job this morning in bed but you know you have to slow down life is so fast that sometimes you need to just stop and slow down and not worry about you know what's going on and just spend time as a couple okay here's another if one I can add just a yes that because, please wait, wait, just quickly you, you described something that i see sometimes and it's true of my own marriage it's like i call it gender bender <laughs> you know my husband also is the one that is in a sense more wanting the intimacy and the closeness and it just I, it's just i think always interesting when you see he's also one who likes to cook you know it's just that you know we have these cultural stereotypes about mm-hmm. roles and who you know which gender is in what role or feels what and you know i think it, we're just highlighting that that's it, that's not always true. It's, it's, but it's a yin and yang. It's almost always an energetic yin and yang. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that. And it's kind of fun because I don't mind sitting back when he wants to cook. And you're right. He's the one who likes to cook, too. He's you, you have no problem <laughs> sitting back anytime I want to do something. I know. <laughs> Even in bed. I like lying back and let do me, do me. I'm good with that. <laughs> so funny. You should talk to my husband. His name's David also. Oh. The two Davids would probably have a lot in common that's to talk so, about. That's Next so time funny. we come to New York, we'll get together for a drink and him and I will, will be, create this bro thing. <laughs> All right, here's another or, one. Or bring him on the podcast. Right, For absolutely. Sure. Here's another one I found online. Intimacy equals happiness. Again, myth for sure. In that, especially in this context, that happiness is multidimensional and it's also personally defined. You know, we use a word like happiness as if we all know what it means, just like the word depression. Um, so I think the qualities of things, whether it's family, whether it's spirituality, whether it's, you know, you know, lifestyle, the things that bring any any individual happiness is really specific. And I'm sure for most of us, intimacy is a big piece of that, but not exclusively. No, because there's happy people who are not, um, uh, who are single, who don't have an intimate relationship with anybody, there certainly can be happy. So just because... Or asexual. Yes, absolutely. So just because you have intimacy in your relationship doesn't mean that's the only thing that's bringing you happiness. You have to find happiness in everything that you do. That's my two cents. Okay, here's another one. Intimacy should be automatic throughout the life of your relationship. You know, I would actually say maybe that's an ideal, Mm -hmm. but I don't know that um, it's so much a reality. I mean, it's the thing that you want to have happen and you're putting time and energy and people don't like to think that, you know, you know, sex is not a dirty, sorry, work isn't a dirty word any more than sex is, right? Mm -hmm. Like relationships do take work. And so I think it's an ideal and a goal that you absolutely want to have it, but I don't think it's automatic because I do think life stresses, um, health issues, you know, work, family, you know, the unexpected life events come up and they, they're going to be blocks for different windows and periods of time to the level of intimacy you probably most want and desire. Yeah, and absolutely. Things don't happen automatically in this world. No matter what, you have to put some energy into it, no matter how you look at it. Effort. I'm like, if you put the effort in, you can count on it. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. sustainable. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, here's going to be the last one now. Intimacy should be a constant. Well, again, I, I think that I may have spoken to that without knowing that this is the next question <laughs> before, which is, um, you know, I think it's ups and downs for sure. It's not constant. Uh, it, it's a thing you're aiming for. And, you know, for reasons that make complete and perfect sense, it won't be constant. But, it's, you know, what I look for in couples and in couple therapy, it's like that when there's tension or disconnection, I'm looking for it to be uh, less frequent, less intense, and quicker time back to connection or the intimacy. Now, relationships go up and down like a big cycle. And hopefully when you're on a high, everything's great. Of course, when you're on the low, you have to work to get it back up to the high. And of course, the intimacy has to go with that. When you're angry or mad at your partner, the last thing you're thinking about is being intimate with them. Absolutely. Although I was uh, quoted for an article I mean, I have to speak around makeup sex. So, mm-hmm. you know, well, some people, the anger can ignite the uh, fire. So, hang on, hang on, hang on, <laughs> hang on, hang on. Um, just talk to me a little bit about this makeup sex. Is it uh, supposed to happen or is it something that is, on the average, doesn't happen? I would say it's the minority of couples, you know, that I have seen 
um, and even friends and things like that. So, and I think that what happens with arguments, especially when people um, and a bit of conflict aversion don't like things to get so heated and it feels out of control physiologically, um, you know, anger, fear is the same thing as sort of excitement. And mm-hmm. so I think, though, that the argument actually activates the attachment system and that when the argument is sort of over or you're getting, you know, it's, it's coming down. What goes to sex is the desire to restore mm-hmm. the comfort, the security, the stability. I think it's primal for you some see? people. You see? Oh, no, I think it's primal. We and would I- have so much more sex if we had makeup sex. <laughs> no, my point my point with David, he loves it's not that. for everybody. Right, it's not, not for everybody. I like way. to calm down and, you know, be done with the argument before I want it. But I'm not saying that it doesn't. But sometimes it takes you two weeks. No, stop it. You're being silly. <laughs> no, I need to calm down. I walk I, away. I have a theory on that. Yeah? What's that? No, the theory I have is, you know, the yin and yang is like, it's not a common lesson. I'm Irish. So I'm quick to anger and I'm quick to be like, I'm done. And my husband is sort of Canadian, but he's sort of like English background. And he's slow to anger. But when he goes, I sort of call it like the pressure cooker. Uh. It's like, it takes him a while to sort of physiologically come down. I mean, we've been married like 19 years, so it's not like weeks or even days, but like, you know, it, it's, I'm like, what's wrong? Let's go. And he's like, are you kidding me? So I just think that that's part of realizing two different nervous systems are coming together that, you know, you really have to figure out what works for you both. Yeah. And I know that feeling that you got that pit in your stomach that you just, you know, you have to make it right. You're not quite there yet. And you just know it has to be right because my life is not right when I'm in an argument with David. And I know I have to get over it. But sometimes I just do lots of pacing. I figure it out. Just, I say, and I say, okay, I'm ready now. Just come over, pull down my pants and suck my <laughs> cock. It'll all be good. I'll be very happy. For you, That's it'll a, all be good. You don't even have to say I'm sorry. Okay, just a good blowjob. Oh, look you're, at him. you're amazing. giving blowjobs and we'd be done. He's an expert now in that, you know, like now, now you're telling everybody what to do. Just pull their pants down and it's over. It's good. Well, you could pull your pants down (laughs) and I'll do you and it'll be just as good. Yeah, let's get back to the love languages. What would help, you know, what is Carol's love language and what would her feel? Yeah, exactly. I just know when I'm boiling... I cannot do anything uh, with David. I know it's got to get resolved, but I have to like decompress before I can even think about touching him or loving him again. And it doesn't take two weeks. Yeah, He's can't. exaggerating. It's, it's physical. It's, right. it's visceral. It's physical. Right. Like, I mean, it's not choice in some level. Right. It's just, it's like the amygdala hijack, right? Like all rational thinking is offline at that point, depending on the level of emotion. And, you know, once you get, I call it like choice points and tipping points. Once you get to that tipping point, all, all bets are off and nothing productive is going to happen. And, it, and it's going to take time, however your various nervous systems know how to self-soothe and calm themselves to figure that out. And even if his is quicker to it and mine is slower, then you just have to wait. Patience is a yeah. virtue for sure. No, patience is a virgin. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was great myth busting. Thanks so much for all that great information, Dr. Fleming. Um, so let's just remind everybody to visit the Sexy Lifestyle website for lots of credible information covering all topics related to sex, sexuality, and relationships. This is the Sexy Lifestyle. We are Cal and David. Let's take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to get into our favorite segment with Dr. Megan Fleming, Great Sex Matters. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Maximize your orgasms and just let go. The Throes of Passion Waterproof Pleasure Blanket guarantees to keep your sheets dry no matter how wet it gets. From massage oils to lubes and beyond, we've got your bed covered. So just throw it down and get it on and get lost in your very own Throes of Passion. Then toss it aside and bask in the afterglow of great sex in warm, dry sheets. The all-new Naked Fleece provides a soft and sexy playscape, while the Stay Dry Barrier protects your bed, your couch, and even your carpet. It's machine washable, large enough to cover a king-size bed, and light enough to travel discreetly. To get your own Throes of Passion waterproof pleasure blanket, visit thesexylifestyle.com and order yours today. That's thesexylifestyle.com. Great sex starts now.
You are listening to The Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Got a burning question or comment about today's show? Send an email to ask at carolanddavid.com and we just might be answering your question next. Now back to this week's show. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. We are Carol and David having a great chat with Dr. Megan Fleming, sex therapist and author. Now for our favorite part of the show where we get to talk about great sex because... Well, great sex matters and we all deserve it. So we've learned a whole bunch about consuming digital media and how it can kill the mood for romance, and too often it stands in the way of our great sex as a couple. However, video streaming and online media is not going away, so we're going to have to learn how to manage it to a point that supports a healthy uh, sex life. So let's start talking about setting boundaries around the tech devices. How much is too much? Well, I think, as I sort of said earlier, it has to be personally defined um, and that, you know, what is sort of the ideal, what feels like the vision or the picture for both of you. That being said, sometimes if one of the partners can't, like, tolerate any, right, but just to notice, obviously, that that's extreme, right? So it's just really, you know, for, I think for many couples, it's just, time really before bed or one or two nights unplugged or even just a few hours, but that, you know, as we also talked about earlier, if you're in the middle of a conversation, like even when you go to dinner, if you're at a restaurant, you know, putting the phones down or away. In fact, you know, one of the games is like everybody puts their phone on the table, like if you're with a group and the first person to look at it pays the meal, right? (laughs) There's there's ways to incentivize, to realize like it's okay to be unplugged. And, And there's actually research that shows for some people that actually creates anxiety, you know, putting the phone down or away. So, but th- to that point, that then becomes part of that out-of-control behavior. If something's causing you anxiety, it's a really bad habit. It's something really worth looking at. Now, th- that's absolutely true. And some people just can't or feel naked without their phones on their side. And then they just have to deal with it. They have to learn, this is okay to be naked without a phone. You're only going to, you know, only for an hour. Well, it's it's a, fine. It's a learned behavior, yes, right? We've yes. now learned and society has said, it's okay to have your device to do, to talk, to walk, almost get killed on the street. Well, I think people should learn how to put not it, have it all yeah, the time. To put it away, exactly. Yeah. But there are some things. Right, and think about how, how recent it is that we even had this technology. Right. I mean, you know, there wasn't even cell phones until I was probably in my 20s. Yeah. So, you know, much less tablets and things like that. So, but look how quickly all of us, do, you know, even, you know, the geriatrics yeah. are, you know, caught up in their devices. So it really is to recognize how the brain works. And a lot of these things are sort of constructed to be addictive in that way. It's very funny because David's mother has a a smartphone and if we're sitting at the table and she happens to hear it ring in her purse, she immediately jumps up and she goes to her purse and, you know, we're there with the family and we've taught our kids that no matter what, nobody's allowed from the table when their phone rings. So David's there like, mom, do you have to take this call right away? Yes, of course I do. She, <laughs> she, she doesn't get it right. 75 I know, and exactly. retired. Okay? There's <laughs> nothing that could be important. I know, it's just so right, funny. It's like Pavlov's dog. <laughs> it's, like it's, it's a conditioned response. I mean, it right. comes back. It's, it's classic learning theory. It's so funny because here we are trying to teach the kids that that's not what we do. That's not played at the table. But no, she doesn't care. It's fine. I mean, it's all good. She's not the role model. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> And not. we just laugh and we just say, okay, that's grandma. It's all fine. But there are some fun things that we can do with our devices. Devices are used today um, with together with sex toys as a sex tech device, like a remote control. And we know that WeVibe has an amazing, couple amazing products that you use your phone uh, from a distance to control the device that might be in your partner. And uh, Miss Vivi on the go, there's two types of devices out there. What can you suggest for couples how to use their smartphones in a fun way like this? Yeah, well, I think in part, you know, even just a smartphone to give a sexy text, Mm -hmm. right? Or, um, you know, another sometimes idea, and this is, it's just any phone will do, but, you know, create a separate email, you know, name, a sexy name or address that that's your flirtatious sort of email. So business, work, life, daily hassles isn't a part of it. Um, And certainly sex toys, right? Like both of these products you mentioned, um, the fact that like the whole teledesonics, things can be used remotely that you can, you know, be giving your partner sensation. Um, I think that, you know, just for couples in general, exploring the, the tech in some ways of bringing sex toys in the bedroom because I'm all about having more tools in your toolbox. Mm-hmm. 
No, absolutely. I like that idea about having a separate um, account just for sexy and flirtatious. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, because I think it, most people just need to have like separation of church and state, right? They have to be in a mental mindset when they look at that one account. And it's, it's really almost like creating um, a state awareness um, and priming in a sense. So I think there's a lot that could be worth trying and exploring and playing with. And, let, and let's take a second to remind everyone that if you're going to put something on your phone, it is going to be available online, whether somebody says it's the most secure place you're putting it, but if you're sending a text or a picture or a video. Like a a dick pic or a sex um, video or something, right? That you absolutely don't want or can't have anybody see, don't do it. Use a camera, use something that's not connected, but don't put it on your phone because eventually, inevitably, it's going to get out there. Onto the cloud somehow. In the cloud. What if you lost your phone and someone picked it up? So, you know, just don't do it. Yeah, even if you're being sexy with your partner, just know that that, if you're sending a dick pic or whatever to your own partner, just know that that might get found eventually. What about a pussy pic? Sure, just don't do it if, if, you, if you're worried about that being found. If you don't want the whole world to see it, the answer's no. <laughs> right, right. Now, we talked about getting into bed uh, with the TV or phone, but there is the opportunity to get into bed, watch some porn together, and use the porn to arouse and stimulate and create that intimate moment with your partner. Absolutely. And I think, you know, some, you know, uh, sort of producers like Erica Lust are really great at creating um, erotica that is very compelling to women and to couples. And, you know, I think when it comes to, it's, it's you know, whether you're reading erotica together or watching it, it's, you know, is it part of um, your turn on? And, you know, what way does it fit into your relationship? And, you know, this is the one thing I'll say about anything that we're trying. It's about that it's something that you use sometimes. If it feels like it's a thing you go to and have to do all the time, I, from my perspective, find that problematic, right? So it's just to realize with anything we're talking about, again, in the sense of balance, it's just, it's a thing you, it's fun and you do sometimes and you figure out in what way is it fun and it's fun for both partners, right? Because if one partner really has a negative reaction about erotica or porn, I sort of say the benefit is undone, right? Mm -hmm. Like if something causes somebody a lot of anxiety and tension in any way, try to convince them to do it. It's it's not going to go well in my experience. And so, you know, you have to check in with each other on that. Well, Carol's a bit like that. She Mm -hmm. is definitely not a person who has really ever watched porn and it's not a need for you no it's not a need for sure and it's certainly I I like some of the Erica Lust like you mentioned and even the make love not porn which is real people having sex that kind of thing Um, the the thing that I don't the the one thing I don't like about porn that turns me off is the fake sounds the girls make that that as soon as I hear those sounds I get turned off so watching it without sound I'm much better at watching the porn no problem can we find a happy medium because I do like watching porn and we we, we don't do it together I know we don't exactly but I really don't like those sounds. So you want to turn it off? No problem. Right. Turn okay. off the volume. Okay. Well, and again, or find authentic porn because I think mm-hmm. when it's authentic arousal, mm-hmm. exactly. it's often a turn on, right? Yes. But it's like how you find the authentic arousal. Maybe at your events you just have an audio recorder that you can take <laughs> home with you. Um, but it's really to think about, yeah, what, what works for you and, and what doesn't. And, um yeah, just be mindful of that. And I'm a visual person, so some seeing the sex that's cool and nice and uh, sexy, that's all good, uh, but it's those sounds that turn me off. So, yeah, we can definitely find a happy medium. It, it would make me very, very happy okay. if we found a way to, to do that. Let's do that. We're going to do a little exercise here. We'll find a way. Well, that's what being adventurous and exploring is all about because that's one of the things we talked about earlier that makes a successful couple is being willing to explore and try new things. So there you go. Let's do it. All right. We love trying new things. We now have it on record. <laughs> you know, and the other thing that I was thinking about, if you um, you talked earlier about actually scheduling sex, and wouldn't that be cool if you put it in your phone? And, um, you know, it's a reminder that today's your sex day. Let's not forget that and maybe start a little bit of foreplay, knowing that when you get home later tonight, you're going to be having a date with your partner and that you might even want to start flirting with your partner All day earlier. foreplay. Sure. 
Absolutely. I mean, you know, I call it sort of keeping your inner sexy pilot light on, right? Mm -hmm. That how do you be simmering all day long? Like, how do you, what you wear, just your mindset, you know, the flirtation. You know, it's like when you first start dating and you're like thinking about, um, Although, as I say this, I hear this more from clients. I, I, I must have been a pretty bad partner because I really didn't overthink what I was going to wear. So, um, <laughs> but that's just my personality. Um, but you know, they, but it does feel good when you dress up, right? And I don't think I appreciated that until I was probably in my thirties. Um, but you know, it's it's dressing up and feeling good, and how you feel in your body and that energy is is what you're also projecting and inviting your partner to like have a play space. Oh, yeah. And then when you have that sexual aura around you because you're feeling it, people pick up on it like they're they're feeling happier and, and you're feeling lighter on your feet. It's really, I believe, in that energy that you create from within that when you know you're about to have sex or later in the day that you actually have that happiness is percolating inside and you, you're feeling it and people are, are getting it. Well, I think we're actually down to the end of the show. Maybe it's time for some final advice for our listeners. What would you say, Dr. Megan, would be the top two things that a couple should do tonight to take steps towards controlling their consumption of digital media to start off with, um, which could be streaming videos or constantly checking their social media? But what could they do that could add back intimacy into the relationship, which has been suffering, let's say, because of the digital um, media? And they can have better sex together. Of course, yes, with the ultimate goal of having great sex together. Um, so my first step almost always in everything that I'm working with someone around is creating the vision because I think you really have to have that clarity to even have a sense of how you want to look and feel um, because if you don't know where you're going, like how are you going to get there? So really coming together and what's your ideal, you know, what is your version of, you know, my website, great life, great sex, right? What is your ideal version of that? Um, and, Getting that to be crystal clear, I think that is the first step, but I think it's the biggest step. Um, and some people have blocks to that. They can't imagine, can't picture it because of frustrations, disappointments, anxiety, whatever it might be. And when if there are any blocks to seeing that vision, I sometimes call that foreclosure of imagination. Um, you know, it's really just, I would almost see someone professionally to be like, you know, why is it I can't even imagine a picture? Because that's a block. Um, but So that's the first big step. And then the, the second step is, from that vision and where you want to go and how you want it to feel, where are you right now? And from, you know, what is that right next step, that just right stretch in a sense to where you want to be? And so it might be qualitative or quantitative. And, you know, from a quantitative perspective, maybe it's 10 to 20% less of the behavior, or maybe it's more fixed like Monday, Wednesday, Fridays, X hours unplugged. You get to define for yourself, you know, what the next changing the habit into the direction you want it to be looks like, but you have the, the, you know, the blueprint in front of you and you're just mindfully taking steps and taking action toward that. Now, do, does the couple do this together? Do they create this imaginary where we want to be and what kind of, the, uh, what kind of um, sex life they could have in their imagination? Do they, do they create that together? I always say do it individually and um, then come together to share your vision and then to see what's on both of the vision, right, which, which is, and then things that are a little bit different in the vision, that's, you know, a great opportunity for more communication and conversation. Tell me more about that, you know, you know, why is that there? What would that help you to feel? And then, you know, that you get to together come to the vision that you both are working toward, you know, and some of the things that are on either, it's like when you first come together in a relationship, a sexual relationship, it's what you both like individually and what you both don't like together tends to fall off the menu. So in this case, it's what works for you both is on the vision. And then over time, you might add more items. Yeah. from those lists that, you know, initially felt uncomfortable. Yeah, or, absolutely. You know, weren't start, part of your own. Starting with that commonality of what you have in your vision together and at least start with that. What's this, the first step I can do to make sure that we do have this in our relationship going forward? Absolutely. Very, very cool. All right, Megan, we're at the end of the show. Um, as always, it's been a delight having you here, and we uh, will definitely have you back and talk about all the amazing things that you talk about. Why don't you just take a minute and tell everybody uh, how they can reach out to you, how they can find that article that you wrote in the Wall Street Journal, and uh, your website. So my website is greatlifegreatsex.com, and it has a contact page, uh, which is greatlifegreatsex.com. Beautiful. 
Um, so if and and also if they want to find you on Girl Boner, um, asking um, answering questions from their guests, contact Girl Boner and listen each week as I answer your questions. Perfect. And so we're learning more and more every week with all our fantastic sexpert guests, and we hope you do too. And remember to go to our website, thesexylifestyle.com, to find credible information about sex and sexuality. And remember to sign up on sdc.com if you're looking for an open-minded online community to meet other sexy people and find out where the events are happening near you. If you use promo code 30314, you'll get the first month free. Check it out. And... Let's remind everyone once again about Nadia New Orleans, July 24th to 28th. We're going to be there on Bourbon Street. Nadia New Orleans takes over two of the French Quarter's largest hotels. We get sexy with 1,300 other amazing couples. And it's a full takeover of those two hotels. And, of course, we have a blast on Bourbon Street. And so for, for more information about this trip or anything else, you can visit our website, thesexylifestyle.com, or send us an email at ask at carolandavid.com. Well, that's it for our show today. Megan, Dr. Megan Fleming, thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. Always love being with you guys. And to all our listeners out there, thank you for supporting us and being there as well. Let's remind everyone to tune in to our network, the Sexy Lifestyle Network, for 24-7 talk radio with 25 other hosts, all talking about sex, sexuality, and relationships. Once again, that's the Sexy Lifestyle Network.com. Join us again next time for another hour of the Sexy Lifestyle, talking about sex and sexuality and all the fun ways to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny. Stay sexy, everyone. Until next time. Thank you for joining Carol and David for this week's edition of The Sexy Lifestyle. We've got another one lined up next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on The Sexy Lifestyle Network. The weekend is just around the corner, so try something new. Spice it up, and you just might have the best sex ever. When the lights are off, that's no reason not to light things up. Lube Light lets you pop its cap for instant illumination so your lube gets applied to all the sweet spots and never the awkward ones. No more slippery midsection, unless you're into that. You can keep it turned on while you're getting down with your partner. Our ambient lighting is soft enough to never blind while you're doing the grind. No matter what lube gets you vibing, it's compatible with Lube Light. Easier to turn on than your last partner, guaranteed. Get yours today at lubelights.com. Also available on Amazon and SheVibe. Maximize your orgasms and just let go. The Throes of Passion Waterproof Pleasure Blanket guarantees to keep your sheets dry, no matter how wet it gets. From massage oils to lubes and beyond, we've got your bed covered. So just throw it down and get it on and get lost in your very own Throes of Passion. Then toss it aside and bask in the afterglow of great sex in warm, dry sheets. The all-new Naked Fleece provides a soft and sexy playscape, while the Stay Dry Barrier protects your bed, your couch, and even your carpet. It's machine washable, large enough to cover a king-size bed, and light enough to travel discreetly. To get your own Throes of Passion waterproof pleasure blanket, visit thesexylifestyle.com and order yours today. That's thesexylifestyle.com. Great sex starts now.